This is your morning wake-up call on Sports Country. Grab a cup of coffee and hang with us every weekday morning for the latest news, sports, and other things going on around the world and in your backyard. Now, here's your host, Gene Gums. Well, good morning, everybody. It is six minutes past nine o'clock here in Western North Carolina. Welcome to a Friday morning wake-up call on Sports Country Radio. 29th day of September 2023. We've got Dan Zampano coming up here in about uh, eight minutes at 9.15 to talk about last night's Lions-Packers game. Uh, We'll break down some of the stuff from last week. Uh, I've got a couple of bones to pick with him about his his weekly power rankings in the NFL, so we'll talk about that. Uh, Before we get to Dan, however, a couple things. Uh, The Ryder Cup has started uh, in Italy. The Team USA took it on the chin in the first round uh, overnight. I think play started at 12, uh, half past midnight uh, here on the East Coast. Um, obviously, Italy a little farther ahead. So, But Italy, uh, uh, beautiful course. Uh, but the Europeans take full advantage of that. They sweep the four matches in the morning, uh, the Friday foursomes. And it wasn't close. And then the second round started about 6.30 this morning. I was watching that up until just a few minutes ago. They've played 71 holes between the foursomes, between the first round and the start of the second round. Of those 71 holes, a U.S. team has only had the lead in two of those holes. Um, and the Europeans in the uh, the. The, the foursomes that happen in the afternoon, that is usually their strongest performance in history in the Ryder Cup. If the USA is down 8 nothing at the end of these two rounds, it's over. I mean, it's essentially over. They need 14 points uh, or 14.5 points to win the Ryder Cup, and the USA is going to be in a huge hole. And right now, uh, they don't seem to have an answer for this European team. So uh, <laughs> this could be over very, very quickly, very anticlimactic. And uh, uh, the captain, Zach Johnson, uh, scratching his head. One of the things that one of his captain's picks, the one that was maybe the most controversial, was when he had Justin Thomas playing. Justin Thomas had not played well this year, hadn't won a tournament, hadn't done uh, had a lot of high finishes. And so a lot of people were criticizing that pick. He has actually been the guy that has probably played the best uh, so far on this first day of the Ryder Cup. But uh, the USA taking it on the chin early. Um, Congratulations to the Baltimore Orioles. They clinched the AL East yesterday. They uh, uh, get their 100th victory. Uh, Talk about a turnaround. Brandon Hyde, a guy that a lot of people thought maybe should have been fired uh, after consecutive 100-win seasons. But obviously the folks there knew what was coming and they thought Brandon High was the right guy and the last two years have proven that. And uh, they shut out the Red Sox last night 2-0. Um, Red Sox have lost 17 of 21. They have just mailed it in. Um, but if you're a Red Sox fan, you got to be pleased 
Chris Sale pitched well again. Only went five innings. Alex Cora let him go 69 pitches, got him out, said that was enough. Uh, but in the month of September, he pitched to an ERA of under three. His walks and hits to innings pitch was under one. 19 strikeouts, just four walks in the three starts in September. So, you know, if you want a positive sign for the Red Sox, there you go. That plus the other young players that they've had this year. Um, uh, but congratulations to the Orioles. And I got to be honest, I'm rooting for the Orioles. I'm going to be an Oriole fan in the playoffs. I hope they, uh, I hope they go to the World Series. I don't know that anybody's beaten the Atlanta Braves, but I'm going to be a fan of this Baltimore Orioles team. I really, really like the I, the way they play, uh, and I love some of their young players. Uh, the other thing that I wanted to mention this morning is uh, just when you think Kurt Schilling couldn't be more of a reprehensible human being. He does what he did yesterday. He goes on his own podcast and announces to the world that Tim Wakefield and his wife are both battling cancer. And he started this out. He started out before he did this. He said, you know, this is not a message that Tim has asked anyone to share. I don't even know if he wants it shared he said, but as a Christian and a man of faith, I have seen prayer work, so I'm going to talk about it. Well, the fact of the matter is Tim Wakefield and his wife Stacy did not want this talked about. They've been trying to go through this privately, and but thanks to Kurt Schilling, now everybody knows. And look, I, I have had stuff like this happen uh, in my own family where people have shared things they had no business sharing, uh, have specifically been told not to share, and they do it anyway. Um, you know, the, 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 the worst part about today's society and social media is everybody feels they need to share everything. They need to talk about everything. They need to overshare about themselves, about their friends, about people they know. It's just, it's just wrong. And the fact of the matter is Tim Wakefield has brain cancer and it's a very aggressive form of brain cancer. He's already had surgery and they don't know what's going to happen. They don't know what his prognosis is. I mean, obviously, based on what he has, it's not good. And his wife has pancreatic cancer, and we all know what that does. And Tim Wakefield, you know, a Red Sox all-time great, a guy that uh, helped them uh, break the curse. They won the World Series with Wake there in 2004, 2007. He and Schilling were teammates for like four years. And Wake, since he retired, has been on Nesson. He's been uh, still part of the Red Sox family and is one of the nicest guys you ever want to meet. I got a chance to meet him a couple of times when I worked at Fenway Park, and just what a wonderful guy. Never met his wife, but, I mean, to have the family going through this with both of them ill with cancer, but then to have their privacy invaded by Kurt Schilling is just, I mean, how, I, you can't get any lower than that. And I don't want to hear I'm a Christian and I've seen prayer work, so I'm going to talk about it. You know what? Fine. Pray. Pray for yourself. You know, pray by yourself. Shut up. It's none of your business. If they wanted it shared, they would have let it be known. It got so bad that the Red Sox actually had to submit a press release yesterday to the world just saying, hey, look, uh, you know, we understand this has been shared against their wishes, and, you know, they've asked for privacy. So please don't be calling them. You know, and I was always a fan of Kurt Schilling when he was a player. 
But now you've got to separate Kurt Schilling, the player, from Kurt Schilling, the human being. And as we have seen with Kurt Schilling, that he is so self-serving and he is a, uh, a, a right-wing nut job, Donald Trump butt-kissing, uh, you know, homophobic, anti-Semitic putz. Funny, I would use anti-Semitic and then putts in it. But anyway, I digress. You, but you just don't do stuff like that. You just don't. So I feel bad for the Wakefields. I, I, I'm praying hard for Tim. Great guy. I, I hope, Stacy. you know, they can they can get it under control. Maybe they found it early. And, you know, if they find it early, you've got a chance, you know, to live several years. And, you know, treatments are getting better and better every day. But to have somebody come out and out them like Kurt Schilling did is just wrong. And it, it, I, I heard that yesterday just Angered me to no end, and I know I'm not the only one. So shame on him. All I got is karma's a bitch, and I at some point, you know, it's going to come home to roost. But now having said that, and and with the news out there, you know, just uh, we just got to keep the Wakefields in our prayers. It's 15 minutes past the hour. We're going to take a break. When we come back, Dan Zampano is going to join us to talk NFL football. Back in a minute. You're listening to the Wake Up Call on Sports Country. 17 minutes past the hour. Welcome back to the Wake Up Call here on a Friday morning. And as we are every Friday, we are pleased to be joined by Dan Zampano of the Sunday Card. Good morning, Dan. How are you? Gene, I'm good. I'm a little under the weather. My son, he ended up uh, getting me a little sick here, as as kids tend to do. But I'm feeling good. I'm feeling hopeful, feeling amazing, Uh, happy that we are done. Can you believe that? Football in September is over, and we're going to have October football. I just can't believe it. Yeah, well, you know, the time flies when you get old, buddy. Every year that goes by, I swear to God, the time moves fast. So, uh, But speaking of time, we got a lot to unpack this morning, uh, so let's get right to it. I'm going to start, uh, you know, um, you publish weekly uh, power rankings um, as part of your uh, job on the Sunday card, and I, I wanted to – I wanted to pick a bone with you about a few things. You had the Patriots. Oh, sure. You had the Patriots ranked 12th out of 32 mm-hmm. teams, a 1-2 and two team that uh, you said last week, you know what, beating the Jets, big deal, who cares? Not They did beat the Jets, but, Dan, it was about as underwhelming a performance, especially offensively, as you can have. How can you possibly have them ranked 12th? Well, Gene, first to explain the power ratings, uh, the way we do it is we take dozens of stats and we end up putting them, uh, you know, calculating them, weighting them out, uh, and then come up with a rating for each offense, defense, and special teams. Uh, And we combine those ratings and we get the rating for the team. Uh, So that's basically how it is done. Uh, In regards to your question, look, I understand, for me, records here – uh, are, are really not a factor to me when we're doing these ratings. Again, we're trying to – the point of these ratings is to figure out who is playing the best and what are the best units, okay, to, get, to maybe attract some value on some teams that we might think aren't as good. And just the, the Patriots do not – I don't think the Patriots have a very good offense by the naked eye. I really don't. Uh, I, I think that they do do some things well. I just don't think they can score, and that's the name of the game is scoring, right? I mean, points matter. Right. So those are weighed heavily, obviously. But their defense in the numbers, and when you factor in their strength of schedule, they have the second hardest schedule that they've played so far. 
playing the Eagles and the Dolphins and then the Jets. And obviously the Jets are not a great offense, but defensively they actually do have a pretty good defense by our, mat- by our metrics. So with that being said, their defense has played actually out- pretty outstanding. You know, it's not otherworldly. I wouldn't say top five, but it's, it's definitely in the top probably six or seven defenses in the league. Uh, and, and it's weighted heavily. And, and I'll just ask this, you know, a lot of the times it's been a lot of these teams that we thought were going to be good. Right are just not very good. Right. And, and I asked you, I asked you this and, and uh, you had a great comment on it. And I, and I appreciated it. Uh, I didn't think it was correct. But <laughs> I appreciated it. Uh, the, uh, the, uh, what are the teams that you would put yeah. ahead of them? Yeah. Well, like the, what, what were those teams? Okay. Well, you know, I'll, 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 I'll go with a couple. Um, I still think, sure. the, I think the Steelers, if they play the Patriots, the Steelers win nine times out of 10. Okay. Okay, I think. Uh, I mean, it's a fair argu- fair argument. Fair argument. It's just they have one of the worst offenses in football. There's so, no question so, about that. They've so gotten so do the a Patri- lot of wins. So do the Patriots. They do. They do. <laughs> but metrically, they do absolutely. But metrically, the Steelers are are abysmal. Okay, like, so abysmal, and actually worse than the Patriots. And their defense again has won them games. They've gotten very lucky in a lot of games. So, so what you're telling me is basically that this is completely numbers driven. There's no subjective. Uh, we think uh, this is all strictly numbers. Uh, I'd say it's probably ninety ten okay. numbers okay. To, to to eye test. I'd probably there's some eye test like if there's if there's teams that maybe are rated the same. Like we're gonna have to obviously you know work that out and and right. you know we had that this week. We had Texans and Colts were rated the same exact thing. Well, Colts beat the Texans already, so right. we we kind of have to take that into account, sure. So. Well, you know, again, I just I looked at it and I saw four or five teams that were rated below the Patriots and I said if the if they played tomorrow, I would take all these other teams over the Patriots. You know. Wow, okay. And and I maybe, you know, look, you've you've you're younger than I am, but you've probably still forgotten more about football than I know. But I know I watch a lot of football. <laughs> I go more on the eye test, I think, than numbers when sure. it comes to football. It's weird about that because in baseball, I'll look at numbers all day long. But with football, mm-hmm. I tend to be more of an eye test kind of guy. And the eye test on the Patriots <laughs> tells me that they stink. I mean, but, uh, and, and, and granted, Gene, I agree with you offensively. Offensively, right now, the ability to score is just not there. They can move the football. They can right. move the football between the twenties. They just can't get inside the twenty, and that's what's so frustrating. And that's why they've been—they were docked so many points for that. But their defense has just played utterly out, like outstanding. Yeah. Like, and by the numbers, they are an outstanding defense. They really are. They are a top six or seven defense. So, to me, I think that's outweighed. No other team has really a above average. Like, You'd say above average or below average or average, and a lot of teams stink defensively and offensively. But that team, the Patriots, are one of the few teams that have a defense that is that is really good. Okay, that's fair. But and and I know that the old mm-hmm. adage is defense wins championships. But in mm-hmm. the NFL, you still have to be be able to score. And I think one of the things I said to you is sure. I firmly believe that if the Patriots allow a team to score more than seventeen points, the Patriots have no chance to win. Unless something radical happens, and I mean, I mean, you know, people like start playing out of their minds, or Juju Smith-Schuster, for instance, starts playing like the guy that everybody thought he was, or that he actually was a few years ago. I mean, unless something radically changes, I don't know, I don't know how they win more than six games this year. Yeah, I, I think their schedule will open up, and I, I think we've we've seen the Patriots 
don't beat very good teams. Right. And they beat up on bad teams. Right. <laughs> and really, they don't have a lot of margin for error. Yeah. They, they lose to a bad team like they did last year with, with Chicago. They don't have a margin for error. They have to win every single game against a poor team. And I would, I would right now probably put the Steelers and a team like the Packers or something like that in those middling the whole teams like they're going to play New Orleans next week. Right. New Orleans has a great defense, but they have to win that game. Like right. there is no margin for error. Like they they are a better team than the New Orleans Saints. Uh but they they and I think that they are coached better too. But this week obviously going up against Dallas, we expect them to lose. They're going to be one and three more than likely heading into that game. You know, you don't have the margin for error like you did last year where you could have went 9 and 8, 10 and 7 and beaten some of these middling teams. That's what they are. I mean, they're a middling team with a great defense. That's really what they are at the end of the day. Um, when you look at the Patriots and you look at Mac Jones, and, you know, there was a lot of hope because of, you know, Bill O'Brien being the offensive coordinator that things were going to be different and, you know, they were going to look to, to pass the ball a little bit more or, or, or try deeper down the field. But when you look through the first three games – Mac Jones on throws of 20 yards or more is 3 for 18. 3 mm-hmm. for 18. Um, you know, uh, he's great. He's great on short stuff. But you ask him to throw the ball down the field, he hasn't shown the ability to do that. Um, do we start well, question- he also doesn't have he also doesn't have receivers that can get open. Well, I mean, what receiver can get open down the field? I mean, they, they have none. None. At all. I mean, you're asking him to make deep throws down the field to guys that are completely covered. They have to be perfect. Every ball has to be perfect. There is no margin for error for Mac Jones. So uh, I think we can criticize Mac Jones for other things, but the the fact that the receivers that he's been put around, I mean, Juju Smith-Schuster is, I still don't understand from the beginning <laughs> of that signing. Right. I still am baffled. Like, look what, look what Jacoby Myers is doing in Vegas. Oh, he yeah. is outstanding. Yep. Right now, isn't he? I mean, have you yep. watched him in Vegas? Yeah, I have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's been he's been otherworldly for for Jimmy Garoppolo, and making plays all over the field. Why did they not? They did the same exact contract. Yeah. So I don't understand that. Devontae Parker just gets manned. I mean, he just gets bullied, bullied. This guy is supposed to be one of the best catcher, best uh, receivers when he's covered. When it, when it's a close call. When 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 uh, the margin of yards between him and the defender are, are really thin. He's one of the best, and he's just gotten bullied this entire year. He can't get open down the field. Right. Bourne's, Bourne is great. I like Bourne, but he doesn't run the right route half the time. And the guy that can make explosive plays, and Demario Douglas, has been benched. So he played 17 plays against the Jets. Right. 17? They went to, they went to three tight ends to win the game. <laughs> I mean, that's, right. that's, they had to do that. They had American Pharaoh Brown out there running down the sideline. I mean, it was incredible. <laughs> So, you know, I mean, to me, you know, we can criticize Mac Jones for, for a lot of things. We can. And I, and I have. I think Mac Jones in the second half and fourth quarters and got to have you moment, got to have it moments, stinks. I mean, I, 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 is he the guy? If you can't win those games or, for in case this Sunday, put the game away in right. the fourth quarter, then do you really belong here? Right. That's the question. I mean, he made some great throws on Sunday. But he also made some terrible decisions on Sunday too. So, 
he needs to step up. As game needs to step up, he needs to rise above. No more excuses like they make for the other guy in New York and the guy in Chicago. Right. Well, they, like they make more excuses for those quarterbacks than anybody else. What do you make about of this whole flap with him, <laughs> um, with the with the dirty player comments? Do you buy into that? I think he's got a reputation either way, whether he 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 intended it or not. Mm-hmm. You know, it seemed to me like, look. They were John before that happened. Right. Him and Sauce. Like, there was some stuff that happened. You can go back in the tape and watch it where, you know, Sauce had, you know, gotten in a shot or two, you know, or something like that, you know, late after the play, before that even happened. And and then the Jets want to complain. And I think, honestly, he came up and he probably ended up trying to – and if it was me, he probably tried to get up and say – he said, good job, and and Sauce said that he tapped him and – in the family jewels, of course, right, and right. you know, as, as, from a man to a man, I mean, we know how that is. Yeah, uh, that's a no go. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so, so he said he tapped him. I thought maybe, maybe he tried to tap him on the stomach or something. I don't know. Like right. it, it was kind of a weird thing. And and Mac, the, look, Mac uses mind games. There's no question about that. He does use mind games. You could see he tries to fall and tries to get calls, and he does try to do that. And that's part of the game where it's like, okay, like, you know, right. so, hey, you're not doing yourself any favors or anybody else any favors for, for doing that. So it, it might be part of his game. I don't know if that gets him psyched, if that's something that he does. But, you know, is it beneficial to the team is the question. And I think he's gotten a reputation whether he has intended it or not. Um, all right, let's get to uh, to last night's game. Um, I don't care what the final score was. This was an ass-kicking last night. Uh, the, mm-hmm. the, the Green Bay Packers mm-hmm. were totally dominated last night, and um, Jordan Love was shaky. I, I don't think there's any other way to put it. I mean, it just uh, – so I, I guess my, my first comment is is uh, Lions hype. Uh, maybe uh, Maybe that wasn't just hype. Maybe that's the real thing, huh? I mean, they were the most talented team in the division coming in. Yeah. So uh, I, I think I think the hype was somewhat deserved, uh, and, and they proved it again last night. They needed to go on the road. They needed to beat Green Bay. Uh, Green Bay. Green Bay, I mean, think about this, Gene. In the whole first half in, until about 35 seconds left in the half, Detroit had 12 first downs. The Packers had one. One, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's how bad – this was. Yep. I mean, they bludgeoned, bludgeoned the Packers' defensive front. You can run all over them. I mean, David Montgomery, uh, you know, if he retired today, you know, they'd probably make a case for him to go to the Lions Ring of Honor <laughs> or something after that game. I mean, it was unbelievable. Right. He had 32 carries. 32 right. carries in the game. Yeah. I mean, oh my gosh. Um, so, look, uh, the Lions definitely have more talent than anybody else, and I think that that was on display. I think the Packers, um, Really, I think Love is still going through those growing pains. I know they just can't get – they're kind of like the Patriots. They cannot keep getting down early in these games and expect their quarterback to get them out of it, their young quarterback. I mean, he did it last week, and I think they thought, okay, like, you know, that was great. And they came in, it was a huge win, and it was a perfect letdown spot for them. Even though they let a lot of their guys not play last week and right. and so that they could play on Thursday, like Watson, uh, it didn't really matter because – you know the Packers couldn't block him up front. Bakhtiari being on the IR is like such a problem well, for them. So at, at left tackle, so they 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 really got to find some things here before that it gets out of hand. Well, and maybe and maybe what they've got to figure out is we we talk about the offense all you want. Maybe they got to figure it out defensively because you know you're down twenty twenty four to three two minutes into the second quarter. 
you take away one of your biggest, you know, your biggest weapons, you can't run the ball. You know, you've got Jones, you've yeah. got Dylan that can both run the ball a little bit, and you can't. That just those plays just get put in your back pocket because you got to dig out of such a, a huge hole. And and the, the Lions' defense last night, I mean, they were all over the Packers. You know, and and uh, yeah. you know, Jordan Love was you know running for his life a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when you do that, you take your best player out of the game, and Jones. I mean, and you get Dylan. I mean, that, that you're exactly right. You're exactly right that they become one-dimensional and love is not there yet where he can just do that you know and he had a valiant effort in the second half and they got the game within 10 and they had a nice drive to start the second half and looked like okay maybe maybe they might make this a game but you know you dud out you dud out and and the lions give the lions defense credit i mean that is not a great unit talent wise right you know i mean they like they've lost cj gardner johnson so he's gone uh, I'm not sure Emmanuel mostly played last night. I didn't, I didn't think I saw him. Uh, but the uh, but but they have a good pass rush. They right. have a good pass rush. So they've got Hutchinson on the outside, uh, and that can neutralize a lot of things for a secondary if the quarterback's running around for his life. So uh, I think this Lions team is built well. They play for their coach hard, uh, and, and I think they're definitely a threat. I think deep. Uh, I'd love to see them in the playoffs and how they react. I think Campbell would not be afraid of going into a place like Dallas or going into a place like San Francisco. I think they would play I think they would play hard for for a guy like that. Uh let's look at a couple of games from last week and uh you know, got to look at a couple of shockers. Let's start with uh, uh a team that we thought was destined for a chance for the number 1 pick this year, the Arizona Cardinals uh beating the Dallas Cowboys. That was probably the shocker of all shockers last week. Um I mean, I guess if you're a Patriot fan, it gives you hope this week, right? Uh, I'd actually probably think the opposite. <laughs> I would hope that I would I, I would have hoped that Dallas would have been sat on their three and record and right. you know and you know maybe a letdown spot for them. But you know Arizona, there was the one pick we got right on the Sunday card last week. I mean, we had a miserable week as a show. Yeah, uh, but that was one of the picks we did get right. Was was Cardinals plus twelve and a half? I mean, they they. Look, they do a lot of cool things offensively, right? I mean, they put in receivers at running back, and they have Josh Dobbs running around, and uh, the RPO game, and <laughs> excuse me, um, they they just do a lot of interesting. They have a good, they have a good, um, they have a good running back in Connor, who can really run well. And look, they blocked their front, like they blocked Dallas's front, which is not easy. I mean, right. they did a good job there. Now the defense is still suspect, but. But Dak turned right back into good old Dak. I mean, turnover Dak. I mean, he he was not good right. in this game, especially in the red zone. He he threw an interception there, and you know Dallas. Look, they are way more of a conservative team this year than you give them credit. They they practice, they preach running the football all the time. They preach running the football. But they don't really practice what they preach. They're not like super disciplined football team. They just have a lot of talent around them. Right. And and sometimes it comes back to bite Dak Prescott. You know when when the game script and the game plan gets away from what they were trying to do in the first place. And I think the Cardinals exposed a lot of things from Dallas. You know their linebackers stunk. Linebackers right. absolutely stunk. Got dominated. So it might maybe either be a blueprint for what the Patriots should do, or it's a blueprint to say, oh, my gosh, Dan Quinn now knows 
what's wrong with his defense, and the corrections are going to get made this week. So right. we shall see. But it was a great win for Arizona, who's playing good. I mean, Arizona, they, they could be 3-0. and Right. I mean, if you, if you look through their schedule, they could have beaten Washington, and then they blew a 28-3 lead or 20, however much it was to the Giants. I mean, they could be 3-0. and Right. Um, another uh, shocker, um, Indianapolis Colts beat the Ravens. And if you told me before the game Lamar Jackson's going to throw for 200 yards and he's going to run for 100 yards, i say e- easy Ravens victory, but not so fast. The Colts with that 22-19 win with Gardner Minshew at quarterback. Now, let's not get carried away. Gardner Minshew wasn't great, but, you know, uh, still, uh, that's a hell of a win for the Colts. I mean, is there a more like Edgar Allan Poe scene than Baltimore? I mean, really, <laughs> I, it's 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 like such a like dreary place when when there's weather involved. Yeah, uh, and that's why they're called the Ravens, right? So, yep. um, the uh, but the Colts come in and and listen to me. That said a lot more about the Ravens than it did the Colts. Now, now the Agreed. Colts did a great job of moving the football. I thought Matt Gay hit five field goals in the game, especially right. a couple long ones. As a matter of fact, I think he had. It. I think he had. Weren't all four of his field goals over fifty yards? Yeah, I think I they mean, were. What a what a pro- or, no three of the in four. The rain, I, yeah, three of the four were over fifty yards. Yeah, three of the four. You know, you, you would hope like you know a guy named Chad Ryland could do that, but I guess not. Uh, <laughs> that, that's not going to work for New England in the rain, I guess. Yeah. But uh, but regardless, Matt Gay uh, was great kicking the football. But I, I, look, nobody nobody puts the ball on the ground, you know, like the Ravens. I mean, like they are not taking care of the football. They have all these soft receivers right. that you know really don't handle the ball well. They don't need big guys like like Nelson Aguilar and Duvernay and 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 guys like that. James Prochet, like uh guys like that that just are, are not very big and physically dominating you know zay flowers is the same way although zay flowers is super explosive i love that kid uh and they're not getting the ball to andrews either which is kind of surprising justin tucker missing a field goal i mean i know it was a 60 yarder but you know tucker usually makes them right so uh it, it was kind of a it was kind of a strange day for the ravens and the fact that lamar once again had a great game and, and they lose so very strange game. I don't really know what to make of it. And if Richardson comes back this week for the Colts, you know, obviously they're going to run a lot different offense. So good win for the Colts, but even worse loss for the Ravens. Um, when do we start? A matter of fact, well, maybe we've already started it. How? How? Con- <coughs> I guess how concerned should we we be about the way Trevor Lawrence is playing in Jacksonville? I mean, they got dominated uh, by Houston last oh, week. Yeah, concerned. Concerned. I think his clock is sped up. I don't think his receivers are getting open. I think offensive line is an issue. Uh, you know, I think play calling, play calling has been a major issue as well. You know, I, I think that that they've situationally had some things go wrong for them. But credit credit to Houston. I mean, D'Amico Ryan's is playing really, really well. I mean, his team plays hard for him, and they have some speed now. Right. I mean, that guy Tank Dell. I mean, he's he's an incredible athlete. You know, no question about it. And Stroud is top five in the league in, in passing yards. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you got to give credit. Where I was not a C.J. Stroud fan. Uh, I, I, I said uh, it. Well, I thought, yeah, but that's just because I, of where I, he went to school. Come on. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I, people want to – you want to put that moniker on me, you go right in. But I, I was not a huge fan of him coming out. I, I, I didn't like his, you know – um, I thought he was inconsistent okay. uh, down the stretch. And I thought Richardson had some talents that you can't 
find in a lot of quarterbacks, and he was going to be a project. And you can see Richardson's playing pretty decent, too, if he stays on the field. But Stroud is, like, way better than I thought he was. Even go back to the preseason game against the Patriots. He looked like a scared, scared, like, little duck out there yep. on the pond, you know, about to to get eaten. And he's made some strides since then. So give him credit. I, I give him all the credit in the world. If they can get their own line healthy, uh, I, I think they, they could – they could potentially make some noise. I think there's some potential noise that they could make. They've beaten the Jags, yeah. and you know if they can beat the Colts later, and you know who knows how it happens with Tennessee. I mean, look out! But Houston, don't be surprised if if they make a push. Watch out. The uh, Jekyll and Hyde team of the NFL season so far: the Tennessee Titans. Uh, mm. Stink week one, look decent week two. Stink week three, ninety four total yards in this game. And Deshaun Watson looked more like the Deshaun Watson we saw uh, at the beginning of his career. Yeah, I think the problem for Tennessee is they have underutilized Derrick Henry. I mean, Derrick Henry is getting out-snapped by Tajay Spears running back position. Makes no sense. Uh, and, and, and I think the part of it is because their offensive line is so terrible, but part of it is they're down in games. Yeah, I mean, they're down in games. They're trying to keep up with, with with teams, he's got three yards a carry. Yeah. Three yards a carry for Derrick Henry? Are you kidding? <laughs> Excuse me. Um, but I mean, you go through that, and you can't put the ball in Tannehill's hands. I mean, he doesn't have anybody to throw to outside of Hopkins. So you know, they have a major issue offensively, but defensively, I was very surprised at the fact that they kind of got dominated up front. Now, Cleveland, Cleveland is really good. Like Cleveland, Cleveland is a legitimate contender i think because their defense you want to talk about miami and how outlier outlier their offenses we haven't even gotten to that yet but we will yes but i think the browns have a more i mean the browns haven't allowed they've allowed one red zone trip the entire year i mean think about that Mm. that's that's incredible their defense is unbelievably good and they are putting up numbers that we haven't seen since like the 2000 ravens so it, they're really the straw that stirs the drink here. And plus they have a great offensive line, even right. with some injuries. Their offensive line is fantastic. So those two things, if you could just have a great offensive line and an unbelievable defense, you can go far in this league. And that's hard for Tennessee. Now, like you said, Tennessee's Jekyll and Hyde this week against the Bengals. We'll talk about it. Uh, I think they could, they can find some things in that game. Um. Jimmy Garoppolo with one of the worst games I have seen him play in a long time. Holy cow. I mean, you know, the, this was, I mean, that the, the Raiders lose the game to the Steelers, and, and, and the Steelers needed the win, no question about it, but that's a game that the, the Raiders should have had, and if it weren't for Jimmy G, they'd probably win that game. Oh, my. I, the fall from great. You can only look handsome for so long. I mean, <laughs> I mean seriously. I mean, seriously. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, you've got Jimmy. I mean, all my former guys, I don't know, they're losing their minds. I mean, Jimmy throwing balls, like, directly to defenders. Yes. Uh, it's, and then under pressure, making, like, just dumb decisions and throwing up balls. I mean, just not smart football play. And that's what Jimmy, like, unfortunately, that's the bad side of Jimmy. Good Jimmy is really, is it could be really good for you. Yep. Bad Jimmy is going to be really bad for you. <laughs> and then McDaniels at the end of the game. I mean, McDaniels, I mean, kicking the field goal. Yeah, well, that was weird. Two minutes left. I mean, weird. You know, very strange. You know, I got understood what he was thinking in terms of like, okay, like, 
I'm going to trust my defense to get the ball back, but why would you trust your defense? Right. <laughs> That's the worst part of your team. Right, right. So, Fair. you know, I, I, I don't understand it. it, it the, the Raiders are really my, – my good friend Chris Rosa, you know him. Yep. Uh, he is officially done with the McDaniels Garoppolo experience. Oh, wow. So, that early. He's pulling mm-hmm. the plug already. He's wow. pulling the plug. He's done. And, and God bless him. He's a Raiders fan. He's been through so much like heart and, and heartbreak. So, who like at that point, how am I going to blame him for that, you know? I tell you what, between the way the Raiders are playing and the way his Oakland Athletics played this year, I was thinking about maybe he might need a wellness check. <laughs> give, yeah. <laughs> give him a call. We call him every once in a while yeah, make might, sure he's okay. Might need to do that. Uh, on the other side of the ledger, uh, Tua Tungavailoa continues to put up um, ridiculous, historic numbers, I guess you could say. I mean, I mean, it's just and, – and not only that, I mean, he throws for 309, four touchdowns, right? No picks. But not only that, they're running the ball like there was no defense on the field. I mean, and, and, and if you are – if you're Denver, right, Russell Wilson wasn't terrible. He didn't have a, an awful game. But, you know, he plays decent. And you get beat by 50. <laughs> 50! Uh, I, I don't know where their defense went. I mean, this used to be a good defense. Aruba. Too. I mean, yeah. <laughs> very true. They're out to launch. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if you think about it, go back to last year, Gene, the first 11 games of the year, the Broncos' offense was so inept, but their defense was so good yeah. that if the Broncos, if the Broncos had averaged 18 points a game, during that stretch, the Broncos would have been ten and one if they had done that. <laughs> yeah, and that's how good their defense was. Yeah. What happened? I I, <laughs> I I know Justin Simmons. I know Justin Simmons wasn't on the field. I get that, but like you know, he's one guy. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, if you can't stop the run against a against a Miami offensive line that's you know suspect the best, it, it is. You have to go back to the genius of McDaniel's. I mean, the genius of McDaniel's is like probably 50% of this equation and mm-hmm. how good he is at scheming things open for Tua. And that opens up the run game, right? And they're right. so fast, obviously, they're going to get through that hole. The other huge chunk of it is teams are just so deathly afraid of Tyreek Hill. That, uh, and rightly it, it so. Just, it just messes him up. <laughs> yeah. And rightly so. Yeah. I mean, is he not the best player? Is he not the most valuable player in football right now? Uh, well, yeah. I, mean, I guess him or Tua, I guess. <laughs> I, I, but you take you take two off the team. Mike White went in there and, and was throwing touchdowns. Good call. You take yeah. two off the team. Like Mike White, you know, yeah. comes in. I think he performs right. Yeah. I yeah. mean, you put you put a you put a you put a Jimmy Garoppolo on on the Dolphins. Is it any different? Probably not. Yeah, you know. Probably right. I mean, yeah, good, probably not. It, yeah. It's a scheme. You take Tyreek Hill out of the equation. Forget it. Yeah. I mean, it's a whole. I mean, how can you not see that? The guy's on pace for like two thousand yards receiving. I mean. He's the scariest weapon in football. Yeah, and and probably is the MVP. Yeah, you know if you look at it, if you're objective. So to me, that's where they go. I still think the Dolphins' defense has some issues, but it doesn't matter. Right, <laughs> he scored right? seventy. I mean, it, it doesn't matter. Right, you know. Yeah. Uh, and I guess it, and and McDaniel's. I guess you also give him Sportsman of the Week too, right? He could have set the NFL record. Um, sure. And they chose to take a knee instead of going and going for the record. So I guess uh, I guess you got to give McDaniel's props for that. I mean, he is really, you know, I remember last year you and I talking, and there were times that you were kind of questioning what the hell he was doing, 
and there he seems to have grown quite a bit from uh, from his experiences from last year and I think he's a much better coach than he was last year I mean I Tyreek Hill could make me look good as a head coach I get that but uh he seems to have really matured and grown from from last year I think I think he had a great quote last last week after that game he said if you're doing something that everyone else is doing you're doing things wrong you know yeah. And and he's so right. I mean, he's so divergent with his thinking and philosophy on offensive football mm-hmm. that, you know, that's what makes him a great coach. Right. And and I get it. Like, you do want to be a coach that does that deals with the whole team. He's got Vic Fangio back there, and, and you have to be you have to be for the, all 53, right? Right. But when you're doing something that no one else is doing and nobody knows how to figure it out, that's when great coaching comes into play. And you can see it in Tua. Tua looks way more confident. I would put Tua up as an MVP candidate, sure, because look at how confident he is throwing yeah. the football. I mean, it's, it's night and day from last year. So, to me, I think that is a very dangerous combination, and if their defense can get better, uh, they may be unstoppable. All right, let's get to the games this week. And you had a tough week on the Sunday card. You had a tough week here. You were 2-5 and five here last week. Uh, yeah, so. it was, I, I, the, the NFC South really let me down last yeah. week. I mean, they really <laughs> let me down. All right, well, let's get to them this week. Let's uh, let's start uh, with the the Sunday morning game in London, mm. uh, Atlanta at Jacksonville. Interesting game, but this is a win if you're Jacksonville and you hope to have a playoff season. This is a game you've got to win this week. I know it's only week four, but this is a team you've got to beat. Jacksonville is a three-point favorite. Yeah, they are, and I they, like you're right. I mean, they they have to win it this week. There, there's no question about it. But I think Atlanta's defense is is playing a lot better. Obviously, it didn't reflect last week against the Lions, but right. I'm not sure where the Jags' offense is at this point. They need to win desperately. They're going on the road, on the road, quote unquote. But this is kind of like a little mini home game for them. Obviously, going forward, I, I just I, I don't know how much longer the Falcons can sustain that running game and that rushing attack. Uh, I think that though the, the issue for Jacksonville is is getting one week to prepare for it and traveling to London. I, I think that's where the, this game is going to be won and lost. Can Jacksonville stop the Atlanta running game? Uh, and and I think Jacksonville has enough in the passing game. I think this game is super, super, super close. I think this will be a very, very close game. I will very reluctantly take Jacksonville, but I don't feel great about it. See, you got me all messed up from last week taking the NFC South teams, so I don't want to take Atlanta, but I I do think Jacksonville has to find some gumption here, and I think they will. Uh, Very similar kind of game. Uh, Cincinnati at Tennessee. Tennessee, the Jekyll and Hyde team, as we talked about. But Cincinnati, again, if you are going to compete to get into the playoffs this year, this is a team you have got to beat. Uh, Cincinnati, a a two-and-a-half-point favorite on the road. Are you saying that about Tennessee, or are you saying that about Cincinnati? Cincinnati, I'm not. Tennessee is not a playoff team. Cincinnati, though, if you I mean look with Joe Burrow on that team, I think everybody expects Cincinnati to make the playoffs. And if they go one in three, uh, you know, if they don't win this game this week and they are one in three, that's a problem for this Bengals team. Excuse me, I, I agree with you. <clears throat> I, I I agree with you. I think this is a desperate. Like win, no question about that. But both of these teams are one and two. 
Right. So, you know, to me, uh, this is going to be a very contentious game at the line of scrimmage. I didn't see Cincinnati really improve offensively last week. Mm -hmm. You know, I I just didn't see it. Um, You know, the Rams stopped running the football for whatever reason. Uh, You know, and they were running it really good. And that was a close game throughout all of Monday night, and they just stopped doing it. So they couldn't block them up front because, you know, they're missing some offensive line guys. So the Bengals got a lot of pass rush on Stafford, and that was improved, sure. But I'm not sure I've seen any improvement from Cincinnati's offense. So to me, this is going to be a hard game for them up front against that really good front of the of the Titans. Um, and then the Titans got to get back and run the football. I mean, they just, they have to run the football. They This will be another one of those really just rock 'em sock 'em robot games where the game will be one of them off of the line of scrimmage. And to me, I think the advantage goes to Tennessee. So call it upset of the week, but I'm going Tennessee in this game to win it. So you're hoping it's Dr. Jekyll this week for the uh, for the Titans. I am <laughs> very much so. Just as long as Dr. Tannehill's not performing surgery, we're okay. <laughs> the most entertaining game of the week without doubt is got to be this next one. Miami is at Buffalo. Uh, Buffalo, who you have ranked, I believe, as number one on your power rankings, Mm -hmm. at home, a a two-and-a-half-point favorite against a team that just scored 70 points. And that's the big headline, right? How can you possibly have the Bills ranked ahead of the Dolphins? The Dolphins have scored 70 points, blah, 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 blah. Well, not defense. I get it. Yes. I get it. They, They did. They did. They scored 70 points. That's great. There is a very good argument to be made that the Dolphins could have been 0 2 going in that game. I mean that like there's an argument there. Yeah. I mean the Patriots. Yeah, the Patriots game. Yeah, they could. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. The Patriots showed the blueprint, and the Chargers, if they had any quality coaching, (laughs) uh, could have could have won that game at the end. I mean, they very much could have. So, you know, I I don't. I know people look at seventy points and like that's ridiculous. They're not going to get stopped. The Bills' defense is is probably almost as good, if not better, than New England's right now. And I, I get they haven't played a, a, a lot of good quarterbacks, but if they can duplicate that blueprint, and McDermott's a smart guy, he's not going to be stupid. If they can duplicate that blueprint, the Patriots just didn't have the offense to get it going, right? right. I mean, the Patriots just didn't have the offense to do it. The Bills have the offense to do it. I mean, without question, Josh Allen has played really good the last two weeks, yep. uh, and he's gotten himself back on track. I think the Jets game is a little bit of an outlier. He's never really played well the last couple of years against the Jets' defense. I think that he could very much show just not try to do too much in this game and, and just make the plays that he's always made. I mean, they don't have any corners that scare you. And Howard is decent, but he's not what he once was. Diggs should eat in this game. I like the Bills. Everybody's hyping up the Dolphins here, but I, I like the Bills to go in and win this game. Now, it could be a shootout, and, and you know, there's no question about that, but call me crazy, I think the Bills could outscore the Dolphins well, they needed to. I think when you look, uh, so that, that's my thing. I agree with you though, but when you cuz when you look at it, they're the two highest scoring offenses in the NFL. Miami averaging 43 a game, my, uh, Buffalo a little over 30, but the difference here is the fact that Buffalo has only given up less than 12 points a game through their first three games. So I think I think you're right. I think I, I think that's I don't I think that 70 is you know, that 70 could be cut down to like, I don't know, 24 this week maybe. Like you think about seventy points, like that, at some point your defense yeah. just sucks. Yeah. I mean, at some point your defense 
stinks. Yeah. And I cannot believe Vance Joseph just left this dude open yeah. on a man-to-man coverage game. The Bills aren't going to do that. I mean, right. that's just it's ludicrous. That's that's Brandon Staley level thinking, and they wow. went with it. And they, you know, maybe it's the AFC West. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but the, the divisional opponents will know the Dolphins a lot better. Well, I'm going to force you to pick an NFC South team in this next one because it's Tampa Bay. Oh, Tampa. <laughs> thank you, Tampa Bay at New Orleans. Uh, <laughs> Interesting here is that, well, uh, Baker Mayfield, not not great last week. Uh, kind of came down to earth a little bit. Uh, New Orleans without their quarterback. So a former Tampa Bay Buck, Jameis Winston, oh, under center. <laughs> the So the, here's my question. Who will throw more interceptions this week? Maybe the, who does, not who's going to win a game. Who's going to throw more picks this week? <laughs> Yeah, we're we're just gonna go we're just gonna go eat that W, right, Jameis? Yeah. We're gonna eat that W. All right. Uh, I actually think Baker didn't play terrible. I thought I thought the his offensive line kind of let him down. Mike Evans had so many drops in the game. I mean, like, I was shocked by that. I mean, he he really didn't uh, he he didn't come through uh, very well. So Baker, yeah, you know, he was facing a very very difficult defense, yep. no question. And I I thought they would play better and. Their defensive line got got kind of rickrolled by by the Eagles as well. So, um, you know, I, I think Tampa definitely is a better team here, and, I, and especially without David Derek Carr, I get it. Jameis is, you know, yeah, you could probably be comparable to him, but I'd probably stay maybe a step down. Um, New Orleans is great defensively. I mean, yep. the, the the question for us here is, can Tampa get to twenty points? New Orleans still has not given up twenty points in right. eleven straight games. Right. So uh, their defense is is something that they're going to have to rely on here. Offensively, though, I mean, man, I, I know they get Kamara back this week, but I hope he has his legs. I really do because they're going to need him. They're going to need him real bad. I, I, I'm not sure. I think Tampa's defense uh, is, again, I, I think last week was a little bit of an outlier going up against a weird offense in Philly. I think their defense can keep this game well within what they need to and if they win this game 19-17 or something like that, I wouldn't be surprised. So I'm going to go Tampa to, to win. I think they're the better team. Um, this, this next this next one, I, I'm giving it to you just because I wanted. It, I figured it would be fun to listen to you talk about it. Uh, Vegas is at the Chargers. <laughs> oh, good Lord. And the Chargers. Well, of what, what? Hang on. Now, the Chargers tried to give. They, they almost blew that game last week, too, right? I mean, they almost gave yeah, another they, one. they tried. They did. They tried. And somehow, well, it's got to be because of what Garoppolo did last week. And there's a chance that Jimmy may not play this week. So it might be Brian Hoyer uh, at quarterback for the for the Raiders because uh, Jimmy's in uh, concussion protocol. We still don't know if he's going to play. <laughs> the Chargers are a five-point favorite. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, that's if it's a, if this is the Sunday card, I'm taking the Raiders. Period. Because even if the Chargers win, I think it's going to be a one or two point game. Well, the thing about the Chargers is that they typically lose close games. Yes, uh, games within like three points margin, right? right. Um, and they didn't last. I mean, last week, you know, they they did win by what well, they won by four, four right? Yeah. So, um, so so it's being a five and a half point spread, you know. They're probably still more talented. Now they lose Mike Williams. That's a huge yep. loss yep. Um, for them with downfield threat. So that's a problem. But <clears throat> the Raiders just have not shown the ability to run the football or the will. I mean, and and to me, if there's ever a week to do it, it's got to be this week, right? I mean, they can't throw Brian Hoyer out there and throw the ball over the yard. Right. I mean, they can't do it. Right. So not so there's a there's a there's a no no not when. 
Um, I hate that you're making me pick this game. I know. I just, I'm not <laughs> sure I can see the Raiders winning it, though. I, I don't think they're do- – I think their oh. defense is just – like, I thought their defense was improved, but, man, the last couple of weeks I've just totally out on it. Yeah. So, I will Holding take your nose. the Chargers. Holding your nose. Yeah, one. I mean, I, I'm not happy about and it. That, it's like it's, That's good, because then next week we can talk about how the Chargers therapy. screwed you. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. That's that's exactly right. They'll do something to screw it up. So I'll set myself up for you to just hit this ball off the tee. All right. Um, next game. I mean, look, the, the spread is six and a half. New England is at Dallas. Dallas six and a half mm-hmm. points. And I think I think this probably speaks uh, a lot to your point that. Uh, the people in Vegas are looking at the fact that the Cowboys lost last week and they're going to fix what was broken very quickly. So they are a a six-and-a-half-point favorite at home uh, with the Patriots. Well, it was seven. So now the the line has moved in favor of New England. So I've heard both sides. I've heard heard some professional people really like Dallas. I've heard some people like New England. Uh, I'll be honest, you know, that's with the spread – with the game, I, I think that, you know, you could play this game at the Reagan National Library because these this is like the conservatives versus the conservatives. I mean, it really is. It's like the Republican debate the other night. I mean, it, it, it really could be like that because yeah. th- th- these two offenses are so much more like that. This is not the same Dallas offense that, like, Kellen Moore uh, was running. I mean, they're not going to throw it all over the yard. They're, they're going to – you know that these two teams – are number two and number three in third down attempts. I mean, that, that they really? these two teams just snails pace Eesh. at trying to get down the field. Right. So uh, I expect this game to be long and drawn out. <laughs> Excuse me. And I think that the defenses are really going to be at play here. Now, Dallas, I think Dallas, they have some spots where they're vulnerable. They're not big up front, so you could run on them. But the Patriots just haven't been able to run the football. For whatever reason, they're running so much out of shotgun, RPO game out of shotgun. They haven't really been able to get anything going. But they did find something last week with Zeke. And I think if Zeke can get going, and that would be a great thing, you know, Belichick's totally going to feed into that. Mm-hmm. Zeke against his former team, you know, can he can he get some, some things going? I think he can. My issue with that, though, is can they get the ball down the field? And specifically to Hunter Henry. I think Hunter Henry has to come alive again this week. Uh, in the middle of the field where Dallas is vulnerable for them to win. Micah Parsons is just going to have too much havoc going on. Like, he's just a difficult, difficult guy to handle. Um, so, so that scares me. And then CeeDee Lamb killed them the last time they played him. Mm-hmm. So I think this is going to be a great game, actually. I think this is going to be a close game. Dallas, I would run I would run the football a lot if I was Dallas, too. Uh, see if you can challenge some of the some of the guys up front for New England, especially like guys like Godshaw who are hurt and other guys like that, they're sub-packaging and, and the like. The Patriots are fully healthy, and the Dallas O-line is not. So this this game will be close. Do you trust Mac Jones to get it done at the end of the nope. game? Nope, 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 nope. Neither do I. Neither <laughs> do I. I'm taking Dallas. Yeah. I, I, I'm taking Dallas to win the game because I don't think in a close game, I think they'll cover the spread. Okay. But I don't think in a close game that – Mac Jones has proven to me that he can get this done. I mean, they just, they just haven't proven it to me. And and don't give me the offensive coordinator excuse anymore. Like right. it's not an excuse anymore. Right. You know. So get it done at the end of the game, and then we can talk I'm about not, the Patriots maybe being a playoff team. 
I'm not going to have you pick the uh, the Sunday night game, the Chiefs at the Jets, for obvious reasons. The only question I, Taylor oh, Swift oh, is oh, the winner. Well, Taylor uh, Swift wins. I just was my oh, my question was going to be the over under on number of times they cut to Taylor Swift in the booth. Uh, yeah, you know, celebrating Taylor Swift. <laughs> she 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 wins the game. She wins the game. Uh, She'll she, come out there. They'll play that Welcome to New York song. Yeah. Like, uh, is there a more nauseating story in yeah. the NFL? Well, I no. mean, more nauseating story but, than this. But you know what? It's, the, it's completely click-driven. Taylor Swift has won the world, you know, this year. I mean, she is uh, – Oh, my gosh. You know what? She should be Time Magazine's Person of the Year. I mean – She might be. She Because she has owned the world. There's no question about it. Uh, last game I have for you. Uh, and another one, it's a weird game, and – uh, Monday night, Seattle is at the Giants. Seattle is a one-point favorite, but that could be – that probably should be bigger because we still don't know if Saquon Barkley is going to play. And without Saquon Barkley, I don't think the Giants have a prayer, do they? I don't think so. I, mean, I have no clue why the Giants were favored at the beginning of the week. Yeah, me either. I, I just – I don't understand it. I mean, I get it. Seattle's defense has not played well, but offensively, like, like who who's covering DK Metcalf? Who's right. covering Tyler Lockett? Like, right. like, who's doing that? You know, they have a good run run game. I mean – they got back to, to, to business last week, and they're putting up numbers on Carolina. Uh, you know, and the Giants aren't, aren't much better than Carolina. They got a good front, sure, but you know, outside of that, there's there's no one to really be scared of outside of Dexter Lawrence. So, you know, to me, I, I think that's an easy win for the for the Seahawks. New York football is back. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. Right where it belongs. Um, yeah. Uh, just uh, before I let you go, a couple of uh, thoughts on uh, the. Ducks beat down of Colorado last week. Um, yeah, the, I mean, welcome to reality. I, th- I welcome to reality. Yeah, I mean, I really, I really thought that. I mean, look, they just don't have the talent yet. They have a lot of right. talent, but not anywhere close to where Oregon has. So, and they'll go to USC this week. They didn't have Travis Hunter either. I mean, that was right. Not, I mean, I don't know if it would made a difference, but you know, this is reality in the Pac-12 and. I thought Dion's message afterwards was fine. I mean, like I said, like he's he's gonna say like, look, he can talk all he wants. He can say that Lanning had a lot of comments before the game in the in the, in the pregame locker room speech, and and Dion's not gonna get faced by that. He's just gonna move forward. Like they're building the program. It's year one. We talked about this, so I, I think it's good for them to get back down to earth a little bit and focus on them more than anything. Else. You think this week uh, similar kind of score this week? Uh, I, maybe, maybe. I, I mean, Caleb Williams is just going to be way too hard to deal with for them. So uh, I, I don't. I hope that they can score some points. Yeah. I don't think Oregon's. I think Oregon's defense is better. Is, yeah, is maybe better than than USC's. That's fair. All right, Mr. Zampano, listen, feel better, my friend, and uh, enjoy the games this weekend. We'll look forward to talking to you next week. Absolutely, Gene. Hopefully by this by next week we can say Mac Jones can actually win a game in the fourth <laughs> quarter. I, I hope so. I hope they can get it done. But. Not holding my breath. We'll see you next week. God All right, bless. buddy. Dan Zampano here on Sports Country Radio. That is going to do it for us here this morning. We're going to leave you with some music from Toby Keith. He was honored last night at the People's Choice Country Awards. Uh, Fighting Stomach Cancer uh, uh, played a very uh, uh, poignant song last night called Don't Let the Old Man In about a guy who is uh, facing death. And uh, But uh, he says he's planning on getting back out on the road, and, and let's hope that happens. But uh, one of my favorite Toby Keith songs to leave you this morning. How do you like me now? We'll see you on Monday. You've been listening to The Wake Up Call on Sports Country.